Let's let's get into it, Sam. What you got? Um. So yeah, I'll I'll go through the uh, Louisiana Tech game real quick. Obviously, final score uh, forty eight to twenty. Um, I guess just going back through the keys from last week. Uh, the first one was start fast, stay aggressive offensively. I thought that I thought that we came out and looked good. I mean, you know, our first drive we ran down the field, kind of sputtered, kicked a field goal, and then the second drive was more of the same, finished it off with a touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, you get 10 points out of your first two drives. Um, that's not so bad, but the issue is that, you know, for the rest of the first half, we had four more possessions um, and really didn't do a whole lot. We got a field goal after that. Um, so being up, I guess it was 13 to three at halftime, not exactly what you want. Kind of felt like we got stuck in first gear for a little while there, especially in the second quarter, just, just couldn't really get ahead of the sticks. Um, not a whole lot of production on first down. Um, but we did run the ball well. Um, overall, we ended with 280 as a team. Uh, DJ had nine for 62. I felt like in the first quarter especially, uh, it was really an emphasis on read options for him to, to pull the ball down. There's been uh, situations the first two games where there's a lot of grass. Teams aren't really respecting the edge on him, just not expecting him to pull the ball. Um, and, I mean, he had a run of 19 on the first drive, 13 on the second drive. Um, but overall, I just thought the execution of, of the option and the run game as a whole was a whole lot cleaner. Um, Shipley ended up leading the team, had 139 yards on 12 carries. He came out at halftime just running possessed, um, same as he did last week against Furman. Um, so that was, that was nice to see that we, you know, we've been pretty even as far as uh, touches for the running backs thus far. Uh, Mafa and Pace, you know, we kind of rode the hot hand with Shipley, but it's it's interesting to me the split thus far. It's basically been Shipley, and then you have Pace and Moffat kind of splitting what is essentially one backups, you know, amount of carries. Um, I'd like to see those guys be more involved, especially Pace, because um, I feel like he's still just as good as Shipley. He's probably not as fast, but uh, interior running, I feel like he's just as good. Um, but – I think defensively, you look at the fact that we gave up 20 points to Louisiana Tech, you think, oh, my God, that's terrible. But the truth of the matter is we had a ton of guys out on defense. I mean, obviously, Brian Brissy was out. Uh, Tyler Davis was held. Trey Williams was held. That's three. Thomas, still not back. Drew McCuba is arguably our best defensive player. Um, Nate Wiggins was held. Sheridan Jumper. An already young secondary uh, facing a team that threw the ball 42 times. Um, and I thought that I thought they did a lot of good things defensively, um, just from the fact that we had to go to an odd front with three defensive linemen. We were able to get pressure and push the pocket, not consistently, um, but we were able to do it enough to keep them moving. 
Um, and I also think, you know, they hit they hit five passes of six yards longer. So if you take those out of the, you know, I mean, that's half and they ended with just over 300. Um, really nothing to show for it on, didn't really try the ball. Um, but again, when you have so many guys out, um, at full strength, I thought we, I thought we played well. Um, I mean, by the end of the third quarter, it was all, I mean, times, um, and we were able to answer both possibly, but I mean, we forced four turnovers, um, and a field goal that Jeremiah got a pick. First place for 30 something. Your connection is awful right now. It off. We get the ball right back and march on the field. Really? Yeah. Like terrible. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. No, you sound like a robot. Y'all sound fine. Your face has been frozen for like five minutes. Hmm. So do 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 y'all want to go and I'll redo that later? <clears throat> um. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to redo it. Just pick up where you left off. But we uh, we can go. Um. Obviously, I mean, South Carolina. I could just go ahead and go. But I mean, it look it seems a little bit better now. So just go ahead and go. Where did it get bad? That's their question. Which bullet point? It was in and out for a little after, bit. Um, after you brought up um, – it was kind of early. It was after you talked about uh, key players being out on the defense. And, like, and then you started talking about turnovers, and then it just went robot mode. That's not good. Y'all got to tell me to shut up. Well, usually it, it fixes itself, but yeah, this time it just kept going. <clears throat> mm, okay, well, I guess it, no, I'll just start over in the middle then. That works. Um, okay. <clears throat> so defensively, we had a bunch of guys out. We had three defensive tackles, a defensive end, a safety. Both of our starting corners were out. Uh, so I mean, I think when you play a team that's you know, an air raid offense against an inexperienced secondary, there's going to be issues regardless. Uh, but then you compound it with the fact that we had to go to a three-man front. Um, you know, we're down a bunch of guys in the secondary. I mean, they were not efficient at all. They hit five passes of 26 yards or more. You take those away, that's really half of the 300 yards passing they had. Um, but I was – and I was pleased with the fact that we, we forced four turnovers. We also blocked a field goal. Uh, we had three picks. I mean, we had 12 passes defended. Barrett Carter and uh, Toriano Pride both had three deflections apiece. Um, one of those from Barrett ended up being an interception. I mean, just active hands from everybody. I think every every defensive lineman we played, I think all six of them had a deflection. So pretty interesting there. Um, but, I mean, really the, the takeaway is that we're young defensively. We're really athletic, but we're young. So I feel like anytime you play – you just have to you just have to roll with punches a little bit, um, and I mean third quarter alone, you know we come out. Jeremiah Trotter gets a pick. Offense goes down and scores on the first play. We ship the next next drive is like I said. Barrett Carter gets the pick. We go down and score. 
scored 21 real quick. Um, also got a turnover on downs to set up the next touchdown. So you score, make it 34 to six real quick. And, and that's sort of when, you know, the sub started coming in. And like I mentioned, Louisiana Tech scored a couple of times at the end, but we, we threw some points up on the board. Uh, I really felt like we controlled the game more so than the scoreboard really indicated. But again, I think when you're down so many guys, you're playing a team that you know, you're better than, um, sometimes at the end, the scores get a little bit, little bit off. But like I said, I felt like we controlled the game. I felt like we did the things that we needed to do. Um, there were some some points of improvement that needed to be made from the first two games. And I thought we I thought we covered our bases pretty well. But obviously the schedule gets going this week with Wake and then NC State after that. So well I guess we're gonna find out pretty quickly um, how far along we are as a team. Um, but I mean yeah that's pretty much it. I thought DJ played well again. Um, I mentioned running game um, but offensively, it's just about putting together a complete game. We've seen a couple of times now this game and against Georgia Tech where we came out slow um, and really got rolling in the second half. Um, obviously, last week against Furman, kind of the opposite, rolling heavy early um, and then sort of sputtered out um, after the half. But it's just about moving forward, getting a little bit better each week. But, again, I was I was pleased with it. I mean, can't be too upset when you win by four touchdowns. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess we can move on to South Carolina Georgia game. Um, not good. The great. What are you talking about? The worst beatdown in series history. Um, I don't even. I don't really know where to start. You know, I wrote on the sheet. Uh, South Carolina negatives everything. South Carolina positives nothing, uh, which, you know, isn't necessarily true. I thought the offensive line line uh, continues to play a little bit better given the circumstances of playing, you know, the number one team in the nation. Um, the running backs had a little bit of room on the few carries that they got. Um, and, I mean, they only got a few carries because we couldn't sustain any drives, obviously. Um, I mean, the first mistake was taking the ball. You win the toss and then take the ball to start the game with – with the offense that we have right now, it's just – I mean, I get you want to, like – you have faith and you want to jump on them quick, but that's just – I don't know. I think you'd rather take the ball at half. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rattler didn't play well. Um, tried to force some passes. Didn't really get in a rhythm. You know, first play of the game, he completes a nice little pass over the middle to Stogner, and then you take the ball out of his hands the rest of the drive. It's a handoff, and then on that third down, uh, you bring the out the carry-on joiner in the Wildcat, which is just such a dumb play. Like, I mean, don't do that on the first third down you get. Like, preferably not a third and medium either. Like, I could see, I could see you doing that if you know you you have a couple of third downs like that in the game, and and Georgia's defense is kind of giving you something that you like uh, concerning that Wildcat play. But even in that circumstance have Rattler under center or, you know, in the shotgun, and then maybe motion to carry on Joyner into that Wildcat set. I don't know, do anything but sticking him back there because Georgia just knows he's going to run the ball. And even if even if they – even if there's an inkling of, of, of an idea that he's going to throw the ball, you still – I mean, if you're Georgia defense, you still pin your ears back and, and just blitz the hell out of him because, why? I mean, you don't trust him passing the ball that much. Um. And I mean, it was just, it was pretty much just all downhill from there, to be honest. Um, offense couldn't get in any sort of rhythm. 
uh, call Spencer Rattler, start forcing the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, and then obviously the defense, were, they, were, they were down so many players. You can't expect them to, to stop an offense like Georgia's shown this year. I mean, you had five, six, seven freshmen and redshirt freshmen playing significant amount of snaps this game. Um, and I say that with our, the, our best player on defense being a true freshman, but still you got a bunch of guys out there just really inexperienced and they're going up against the elite of the elite. It's just not going to go well. So um, with the offense being stagnant, it just, just, just leads to nothing good, you know? Um, positives, like I said, I think the offensive line played fine. Again, Spencer Rattler needs to learn how to step up in the pocket. He's too quick to kind of, he likes to roll out. Obviously he, he makes, he, he's very accurate on the run, but you know, Georgia defense knows that Georgia defensive coordinators know that. So they're going to try to contain him in the pocket, and he just didn't do a great job stepping up in the pocket and delivering the ball. Um, I think probably the only positive you can pull out of the game is Nick and Warry continues to just be an absolute beast on defense. Um, I mean, he's the best player on defense right now, without a doubt. He's logged the most snaps of any defensive player this season, has the most tackles by a significant amount, and uh, – he actually has the most solo tackles in the nation right now. Um, so for a true freshman, that's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. How many so does he have? Things like 24, 25. Jesus. I mean, if if you watch that Georgia game, he was the only one making tackles, you know. <laughs> he I mean, was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me and Divinity were talking about it during the game. It's like he he was the only one. He was all over the place making tackles. And, I mean, if your safety's the one making all your tackles, that means they're getting to the second level. Mm-hmm. pretty consistently so um he was in the box a good bit though it's i mean i almost wonder i mean he's he's a strong safety so he, he was all over the field dude he was the only one that seemed to really do much on yeah, defense. exactly and again you got a bunch of a bunch of really young guys i mean there's a point where there's a guy on the field and i was i didn't even know who he was um, I turned to Vinny. I was like, dude, I don't even know who that who that guy is. I I, I later found out during the rewatch um, that it was, it was a, a transfer linebacker that hasn't played a single snap for us. But you talking about number fifteen, number twenty two, number twenty two, fifteen too. Fifteen's a freshman though. Um, okay, yeah. There's two. There's two of those guys. You were like, I don't even know who that is. But yeah, I mean, he's a couple he's not playable characters. Definitely, definitely the. Definitely the best player on defense right now. Obviously, we're missing Cam Smith, but even with him back, I still think Nick might be the best player on our defense right now. Um, I think that's probably the only positive you can pull from that game. Um, I mean, you score a touchdown in, in the absolute shit of shit time. Um, you know, I thought Luke Doty looked fine in his in his snaps I, against against the third and fourth strings. I mean – but, I, yeah, again, I, mean, I get that, that he that wasn't was... against the starting defense, but the other thing is, is that he looked I, – I don't even want to say he looked comfortable because, again, you got to take into account the time of the game. But he made a couple throws. Obviously, Juju McDowell was able to, to break a couple on that screen right before the pick. Um, but, I mean, I, it, I don't even, even... want to say that you have a quarterback competition, but at this point I almost wonder if it's better for Rattler to, like, have somebody push him just because uh, I don't know, dude. I feel even like that pick, two, like, two touchdowns or five picks. Even the pick, like the route was open. He was, I think he was 
targeting the correct receiver is just he got hit while he was throwing the ball and threw it a little bit behind him, given given right. that linebacker, I guess, a chance to reach his hands out and and grab the ball. But um, yeah, well, not many who? not many positives to draw. Doty? Zero, yeah, Doty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Do you think? Because I have obviously an opinion, but I want to know from a South Carolina fan's perspective. Do you think Spencer Rattler? Now that we've seen three games, um, do you think he was overrated, or do you put more of the blame on Satterfield? I think there's I think there's a little bit of both. Um, I think Spencer Rattler's a rhythm quarterback. I think you got to get him into a rhythm early for him to um, not feel like he needs to um, force the ball into into places. I mean, he's obviously not playing well right now. He's not playing up to uh, I think the talent that he has. Uh, but also, I mean, the play calling is just not great. Um, and I like I think the plays are fine. It's just the situation that you're calling plays in is, is unideal. Yeah. And we're just not really utilizing the middle of the field. I mean, Jaheim Bell had like what, two targets, one catch. <laughs> yeah. One catch. That ball was, an Early hour, that, was that was an absolute dime. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think about Rattler, he'll come out and he'll make, a few throws like that every game, and you're just like, dude, why can't we just bottle this up right here? It's just don't stop trying to do so much. Yeah. Like it's, and I think the biggest thing is that for him, it's almost like it's kind of like last year at Oklahoma. It's like your team's down, you're not playing that well, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna gonna will us into the end zone, and then you end up making mistakes. Yeah, he's right. not he's not a patient quarterback. He wants to score, like, within five plays. I think there's also a little bit of distrust in the offensive line. Um, and, again, I think they I think they continue to to improve. We were missing our left tower, starting left tackle that game. Um, so, I think given the circumstances, they played fine. I don't – how many – let me look we didn't at how have many sacks. There's no sacks. No sacks. See, I mean, that's good, I guess. Um you lose by 41 and there's no sacks. That's kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the offensive line played fine. I think people uh, are, are blaming the offensive line a little bit too much because of what they did in the first game. I think they've continued to improve throughout these three games, but the rest of the offense just needs to also uh, improve. I mean, there were a couple runs when I went back and watched it again. There were a couple runs that, that really almost broke free. Uh, one by there Lloyd, were so one, many. One, yeah, a couple by Lloyd, a couple by Juju, just getting tackled by shoestrings. They got to be, they got to run tougher than that. But I mean, that's the problem with having a bunch of smaller running backs. Um, you don't really have that power guy that's just going to run through those tackles. And I, I think Lloyd and I, and Juju, I think they could both do it. It's just, just not to, not in a rhythm. I mean, no, I don't think any running back has gotten over 10 carries in a game this whole season. And, and part of that's due to, a lot of that's due to just not being able to sustain drives. So, back to your point about the offensive line, I feel like that just in general, I, I don't even want to say like, you know, your average football fan, but generally speaking, very few people are at a level of football knowledge to really understand the technique that goes into offensive line play. Like, there's so many nuances of the position 
that is difficult to understand for anybody at home. And I feel like the offensive line is always just the brunt of, you know, everybody's frustrations. It's like, oh, well, the offensive exactly, line is yeah. blocking. It's like there's so many things that are going on in any given play, in any given situation that you don't understand. And even if you do understand it, I mean, you don't know exactly what the play call is. So yeah. you don't know what the protection call is. You don't know if, you know, a guy's down blocking or if it's his own block. I mean, exactly. So I feel like the offensive line just in general gets – get shit on for yeah a lot and of I times mean, don't, don't get me wrong. isn't their fault right don't get me wrong they they didn't play anything near a, a perfect game or anything like that but I think given who they're playing I think they played a solid game I think they played above what people thought I think they played above what I I thought they were um up to this point because they haven't shown too much but it's just I don't know I think Satterfield's trying to do too much it's like just Calm down. This isn't the NFL. Just make make stuff simpler. Run plays that you know you can run. Uh, I mean, Josh Van, Josh Van and Darius Rush. Um, obviously, we know Josh Van, but Darius Rush is, is our number two corner. Um, they have a little. They have a podcast that they do. And last week, Josh Van said on you know on a critical third down in the Arkansas game, Satterfield caught a play that they hadn't practiced in in over three weeks. So it's just like why are we making it so complicated? You know, you have, you have some guys that are proven that they can make plays. Jaheim Bell can make plays. Juice Wells can make plays. Josh Van hasn't done anything this year, but he, he's proven, he proved last year that he can make plays. I mean, just get those guys the ball, run, you know, run, run slant, just run, run slants or run little drag routes, run something, you know, and, and it's just, I'll tell you the biggest thing though, where Georgia is, elite on in perimeter blocking you know they they don't Stetson doesn't have to force the ball down the field and, and throw the ball deep very much because they're they can just throw dump passes and get 25 yards a piece you know um and that's something that South Carolina is, is not very good at you go back and watch and there there are plays to be made and then there's just a guy comes right off a block uh, you, you know there's one play in my mind in particular where there's a play to be made and, and Austin Stogner just gets beat on a block and it's like dude you're blocking a corner and you're you're like six six like come on just do your job um you know, but <clears throat> go ahead so yeah that was one thing I was gonna touch on <clears throat> but continue but yeah and Georgia did a great job attacking our backup like the I mean they're starters that game but the backups for the guys that um we're out for the game you know Cam Smith's backup is the one that got mossed by Brock Bowers and it was actually really good coverage to be fair he got a hand on the ball Brock is just his hands, just an animal. his hands are just so strong dude and and Nick and Warrior came off the field for two plays and um on one of those plays was the Brock Bowers up the middle that would have been in Warrior's man but his backup who's like the fifth string safety at this point just loses him and then misses the tackle so um, it's just things like that. Georgia does a really, really good job scheming up the offense and and um, as an animal. And South Carolina doesn't do a good job scheming up the offense. So yeah. Georgia's um, offense is truly a thing of beauty. Yeah. You well, know, um Todd Munkin is uh gonna get the bag. At UGA next year or somewhere else? More than likely somewhere else, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, when the uh, game was going on, I was watching our uh, 
defense, and I was really wondering why. You know, we weren't getting a, a lot of pressure, um, which, I mean, we got pressure. You know, we had, like, eight Yeah, QB, there was definitely, definitely pressure. Eight, eight QB pressures, I think. But, I mean, like, just, like, full-on, like, QB doesn't have time to do anything sack. I We saw that a lot last year, obviously. But I think we have, like, two sacks in three games, maybe. Maybe one. That's surprising um, given the amount of points scored against y'all. Yeah. And that just that just um made me think about like our defense kind of just like is still stout, obviously, but we kind of flipped. Like our defensive line and linebackers um you know helped our weak part last year of our defense. You could say weak, but our weakest, um, and that was the secondary. They helped the secondary last year because they were in the backfield in two, two and a half seconds. Um, so the secondary never really got got pressured, like, unless it was against Alabama. Um, and this year, I think it's the other way around. I don't, I don't think the the defensive line has to. Obviously, we've seen doesn't have to be a super opposing force right now because our set our strength is our secondary our secondary that, that is really safety, good dude what's that what's that young malachi starks yeah malachi the kid's a beast he got that pick on uh we ran a little wheel route to juju i think spencer was trying to hit him like hit a back shoulder pass um and juju didn't know that kind of just got bodied by malachi not like pass interference just just malachi's just a bigger longer guy and, and just got out there got in the way picked it off um He's a beast. Kid, yeah, that kid's a beast. Um, I think he's the highest graded uh, rookie so far, or rookie <laughs> freshman. Um, dude, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the tackle the defensive stats. Nick Mawari had 14 total tackles, all solo tackles. The next highest tackler was six. Put in work. Sounds about right. I mean, we'd hear his name like it was like it was just every it was row. like every single play. Yeah. I was like, Davini, guess who made that tackle? Yeah. Guess who made that tackle? And I mean, it's already like if he's tackling you, it's pretty much it's either five yard gain or a first down or a big play. But the kid doesn't miss tackles. Um, oh, he doesn't. That's a good thing for a safety. Um, but just to continue talking about uh, Georgia, Jalen Carter only played eleven snaps. Didn't need him. That's why. That's why we didn't see him. Well, apparently, uh, he's been nursing an ankle injury since the Oregon game. That's why he didn't play a lot of snaps against Sanford. Uh, which I mean, a lot of people thought it was just because it was Sanford, and you know, you wouldn't be wrong for thinking that. Um, because I did. Um, but I was, you know, I think I mentioned you to the game. I was like, I haven't seen a lot of Jalen Carter, and is because. You know, we got up early, obviously, but they said uh, he, he is battling ankle injury, so they wanted to make sure it didn't get any worse. Yeah, which... I mean, that's smart. Wait until you play someone that you're actually worried about, I guess. Yeah, and then, I mean, I guess all else I can say is um, from an offensive standpoint, Stetson is just continuing to prove why he should be a Heisman favorite. Um. Yeah, I mean, not only at, can this he point, at this point he should be. Yeah. Not only can he do it through the air, 
He's making a lot smarter decisions. He's throwing the ball away when he needs to. He's not forcing anything like he did last year or at the beginning of last year. He's very confident and comfortable this yeah, year. He, yes, he is. He's got a lot of poise and he can make plays with his feet. It is yeah, you can you can tell you can tell by that uh, he went and talked his shit on Instagram. Oh yeah. And hey, you know, I he went off. I mean, I, there's nothing yeah. I can say about it. It's talk your talk your talk, dog. Like you have a good game, talk it up. Um, um, but yeah. And you know, I hate to quit. I hate to keep harping on 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 how many defensive stars we had out because it didn't change. That's not why we lost. That, that didn't change the game. But all the highlights were against guys coming in for injured guys. You know that Stetson juke move that I've seen all over Twitter. That's against our backup defensive end. Uh, the Moss was again against Cam Smith's replacement. That Brock Bowers up the middle was. Uh, was against um, a backup safety. So it's just, you know, this defense is just battered and bruised and the offense couldn't get anything going either, just sustained drive. So they're just continuously on the field. Um, yeah, it doesn't yeah. help when you play two back-to-back stout physical teams. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any other team in the nation <laughs> has played two top ten teams, including the number one team in the nation. That's not an excuse. We need to be way more competitive, but it's just – Man, our guys are going down like flies. We had more injuries in that game too. It's just, it's tough. But that's, I mean, we. It, it was fun coming to Columbia or South Carolina in general and going three and zero. So didn't didn't think that's how it was gonna go, but I enjoyed it. it was a lot of fun. What was the third? <laughs> Golf, bet, dogs. I mean, I was expecting one. I mean, obviously. I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you won in golf. Dvh. Same. I fell apart. Same. Really? Mosquitoes Sam, got in my head. I started. <laughs> I started with two doubles and a bogey on the first three holes. He was up by what five strokes at one point or four strokes? Yeah, four or five, and then I got a couple double bogeys. Just ridiculous. I don't want to talk about it. Let's uh. Unless you have anything more to say about that game, um, we can move on. No. Um, I was happy to see a bunch of the walk-ons get good playing time. So, Yeah, that's fair. That's good fair. for them. Um, so, yeah, Sid's not here. Um, he's in hiding after that loss. No, I'm just kidding. He, he had to work late. But, nah, uh, but Georgia Tech he's got – uh, didn't have a great game against Ole Miss. I didn't get to watch it, um, but – the score suggests that it was not a very good game. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say on that. I think, I think the uh, Jeff Collins era is, is over for all intents and purposes. Um, I mean, it's got it. Like, I, we were texting earlier, obviously, and, and Sid was saying that they can't fire midseason. And I, and I get that. Like, I see it. But at the same time, dude, like. It, it only makes sense just because there's, like, a whole, like, element of getting rid of the athletic director, too. Um, and I do think that one of the main things you see in the teams that are really good is that they have a head coach that is obviously good and can recruit and coach. That's number one. Right. But behind that, you have to have your whole athletic department, the university itself, the donors. Everybody has to be in step in the sense that we're going to spend big to win big. I mean, 
because football is very much about investment. You're only going to get in so much um, return on, I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't, if you're not spending on facilities and coaches and, and all the other X, Y, Z expenses, recruiting, all these other things, you're not going to be competitive, especially in today's age where NIL is, is such a factor in a lot of recruitments. I mean, it's about talent acquisition at the end of the day. You have to position yourself well. Yeah, so I think that them wanting to, you know, find the right way to, you know, kind of remove themselves from the current athletic director, the current football coach, and really start with a clean slate financially as well as, you know, basically signal some intent to whoever comes in that, hey, we got your back. We're willing to spend. We're willing to support you. Almost like what Florida did. When Florida brought in Billy Napier and, and said, okay, we're going to give you this massive budget for this huge just army of support staff and all these other things that you think you need to, you know, kind of kickstart this this bad boy. Like, we're with you. And I think that's I think that's important when you start evaluating, you know, desirable coaches. Because it's one thing to go get another up-and-comer that's a, a G5 coach or you know get Dion a, a coordinator but I mean I think the really the, what's going to hold tech back is the fact that they still have such high academic standards and I think that's part of everybody getting in, in step is that you have yeah. to understand that if we're going to compete we have to we yeah, have to it's almost like a recruiting ban my, my thing is, is like themselves yeah there's no I I understand that part of it like I'm not saying you know you can go out there and win national championships, but like, there's no excuse for them not to go to a bowl game every year. I mean, Atlanta is the home of college football. Like, there's absolutely no excuse, dude. You have you have Vandy is three and one this year, and Duke is three and zero, oh, and their academic standards are just as high. I agree. College I'm football is way more fun when Tech's but... good. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. And see yeah. if their the approach is different this time around. Yeah, because it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we can move into the the previews. Uh, uh, yeah, moving on to week four. Um, flying we'll start, by. We'll start. Yeah. Oh my god. This Facts, dude. Season's already almost over. This nightmare almost is already just in full swing. We're <laughs> rolling right on. Um, Davini, you can start since George is playing Kent State and is a 46-point favorite. Davini, preview um, this game in one word, please. Give me one word. Domination. I like it. I like (laughs) it. That's that's fair enough. I've got got two words, Adam Anderson. (laughs) Wow. Wow, I forgot about oh that. Oh my god, back to the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, it's I mean, what you think is gonna happen is gonna happen, so you know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, George is gonna George is gonna cover the 46, no doubt. Um, I mean, unless they come out like they did against Sanford and just kind of play slow, but I, I think we can beat them with our with our backups. Yeah, you could well, beat a lot uh, of teams with your backups, bro. I'm willing to bet your freshman class this past year would beat us by at least two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because our starting safety is included in that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's for that. Um, 
I guess I can go. South Carolina takes on Charlotte, uh, the 49ers. Um, we're favored by 22 here. No Trey Lance which, this week. Yeah, no Trey Lance. Favored by 22 here, which is honestly kind of surprising. Not that Charlotte's a good team, just we haven't really showed anything good so far, uh, even against Georgia State, who Charlotte beat last weekend, may I yeah. say. Um, we just haven't, haven't looked very good, especially offensively. Um, so that's really what I need is a complete game offensively. Um, this is a good game to be able to work out some kinks, figure out what you can do, what you can't do, you know, stuff you should have done preseason that obviously wasn't done. Um, running backs have to be more productive. There, there are holes and there have been opportunities, uh, like I was talking about earlier that, that haven't been, um, capitalize on that word just flew away from my brain that haven't been capitalized on um and i you, you got to get jaheem bell some more targets you got to get juice wells in the game you got to get josh van in the game um just keep it simple and just just don't force passes at spencer rather don't don't force anything we're a superior team or should be a superior team to the charlotte team no doubt um so just just keep it simple and, and have a have a complete game offensively. Uh, you know, you would love to see something along the lines of, I don't know, 250 through the air, 250 on the ground. Is that going to happen? Probably not. Um, but I think that's what that's something you you would like to see. Um, defense is obviously like I was talking about earlier a lot. Uh, defense is going to be down a bunch of guys. All the guys that were out last week are still questionable. Um, Uranium, you think you will get back? Like, do you think Cam Smith's going to be back at least? You would think he's a, he was on concussion protocol, uh, so you would think he'll right. be back, depending on the severity of it, and and you know if he's symptomatic still or, or and whatnot. Uh, you'd like to have him back. You'd like to have Alex Huntley back with a little. I think he had a little knee sprain. Um, I forget. I forget even who else. R.J. Roderick should be back, but he his spot got took. <laughs> um, by Nick and Maori. rightfully so. That kid's, like I said, again, he's a beast. Um, but I mean, this, I, I guess this, this is a good time to get these, all these young guys that are being forced into playing time, some good reps against guys that they should be better than. Um, but you know, Charlotte has a, has a quarterback that's, he's been a four year captain. Um, he's a good player. He has all sorts of, of uh, passing records at, at Charlotte right now. He was – I think he got hurt in their first game, so he was out for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but he came back against Georgia State and threw for, I think, 400, 400 yards and, and four or five touchdowns. Touchdowns, yeah. Um, so, we'll see. I think it'll be – I think – I mean, they're going to score some points, no doubt. Our defense is just too beaten, battered, and bruised to uh, – to not have some busts in, in coverage and stuff like that due to all the, all the guys we're having to play. But, um, you know, you, you would like to see – you would like to see us cover that 22-point spread uh, realistically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I got. I don't, know, I don't know a whole lot against, about Charlotte. I didn't watch their game against Georgia State or anything. Uh, but we're obviously – the superior team and, and should need to go out there and act like it and play like it. So 
chance to exercise some demons for sure. No, I'll tell you what. I need to see Spencer Rattler go a game without throwing a freaking interception. That's what I need. I mean, he can throw one if he throws like four four touchdowns. Bro, he he might he might reach Connor Shaw's career interceptions this season. What's that number? Uh man, I don't know. I I can't hold on. Let me let me look it up real quick. I want to say it's somewhere around like fourteen or something. Wow. I mean, uh, for what it's worth, Rattler's on pace for 20 this season. 16. He had 16 interceptions throughout his whole career. So, I mean. Rattler's probably hitting double digits. He's absolutely oh, yeah. going to hit double yeah. digits. Absolutely. I just if hope he has double-digit touchdowns. Picks, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's all I got. You, are, you we, got are we about to see a DJ year out of Rattler? I didn't – I wasn't going to say it. That's what you're seeing. That's, that's what really you're case, seeing right but, now. No, I disagree. I disagree. I mean, you you see flashes. You see flat that throw to Jaheim Bell was an absolute dime. If y'all care to go back and watch it, that's I mean, just a perfectly placed ball. It was good coverage too. Just a perfectly placed ball, and then he comes out and just forces balls down the field. He threw another one to Jaheim Bell into double coverage. Uh, let what's his name, Dan Jackson or whatever his name is, go up and and get the ball. Um. You know, I, I don't mind 50-50 balls, but when there's a safety coming over the top, it turns into a 33-33-33% ball, you know. So, uh, I don't like – And like you've our, only got one of the 33s. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't I don't like your odds in that one. So, I just I got to see a complete offensive game. Got to gotta look much better. Defense is going gonna, is, is gonna to be the defense again, you know. I mean, they're battling some stuff, but – should be fine. Hopefully, it'll be fine. It's in williams Bryce at 7.30. Uh, I doubt the crowd's going to be big. Um, the crowd was, wasn't was great for Georgia, if I'm being honest with you. There's a lot of upper deck seats that weren't filled. Um, but, yeah, you know. It was good the first five minutes. <laughs> Even at the start of the game, I wasn't super impressed, especially with it being a Georgia game. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. So, we can move on to, Sid, Georgia Tech at UCF. 20-point spread. Yeah, that's... don't really. there's not even really a preview here. I'd take the over. I mean, I'd take uh, UCF to cover. Um, really? Is UCF like that? No, we're not like that. <laughs> um, I, I mean that really not to be funny. Like, it legitimately looks like we didn't give a shit if we were out there um, Saturday. I know I'm not going to get back in the, the – recaps because you already did that but um back after week one when I told y'all that I thought maybe we were a bowl team I did not know that the team was just absolutely gonna fucking quit after the way the second half went against Clemson um because if you look back on the past two games Western Carolina was a struggle but you beat them just based off purely being a power five school and then being FCS but then when you go against an actual decent team I mean the first First drive of the game when they scored a minute, didn't even have to throw the ball. You're like, yeah, this is this is over. So the team just looks like they absolutely quit. They don't want to play for Jeff, um, which, I mean, part of me doesn't blame them. Um, but I can guarantee you Gus is going to do the same exact thing Lane was able to do. They're going to line up. They're going to run the ball down your throat, um, not even have to throw the ball around. Your offense looks like shit. Jeff is as inconsistent as it gets. Um, I think it just – comes down to he's just not good um 
we've stuck with them as long as we can. We continue to not get anybody else reps. Again, I don't know. Can't fucking tell you why. When you're getting beat 42 to nothing in the beginning of the fourth quarter, you can't get the backup in to get some reps if Jeff's obviously not doing shit for you. Um, he did get sacked a lot. Still, it doesn't matter. So I, I, I would honestly, I, I would fully take UCF to cover. I think we'll go out there and probably get our dicks handed to us. Um, and I really just feel like it's going to be one of those games. Uh, this past weekend was the first game I've missed since I was two years old. I was sick, but um, oh, you're I watched sick. it. And wow, I did. I was surprising. very sick. I missed work yesterday. That's I missed no, work. I, no, that's I wasn't. I, I didn't. I just didn't know you were sick. That's surprising that you missed a game. Yeah, I, I was really sick. Like, I was about to show up at game time. But I couldn't even get up off the couch. Yeah. Um, didn't make it to work yesterday either. So, I legitimately was sick. But, honestly, like, if, if it would have been a different situation, I would have made myself go. But I was like, I know how this is going to go. So, it went exactly – well, probably worse than what I thought it was going to be. So, um, I really just kind of decided, me and Pops, as hard as it is, we both decided um, as long as Jeff's coaching, we're just not going to give a shit because they obviously are telling us they don't give a shit. Um, so not going to any more games this year. Um, just going to kind of maybe check the score Saturday. Uh, probably not going to watch much of it. Um, you know, this is depressing. Don't really have anything else for, don't, don't really have anything else for a preview. Um, it'd honestly be wasting my breath to sit here and say the game's going to go this way. If we do this, whatever, it really just doesn't much matter if the kids aren't going to play. Um, I mean, there's parents on Twitter talking about, about the coaching staff. There's, it's just, it's just a fucking mess. So, um, yeah, that's about all I got. And I can explain in words more reason why we still hold on. Jeff has not been fired. We don't operate like Clemson, Georgia, even South Carolina, or any of the big schools outside of maybe Vanderbilt. They probably have more money than we do. The way we operate is going to have to be very strategic. Um, Todd is tied to him, so he's obviously gone first. Um, he's not going to fire Jeff because he's tied to him. Tied to him. As soon as he fires Jeff, he's he's gone too. So um, he's holding out as long as he possibly can. That's why you're still getting bullshit emails from him. He's probably just he's just saying, you know, we're not happy either. We're working on it. Same bullshit. Um, so. I think they're in the early planning of trying to figure out uh, where the money's going to come to to, to um, pay his buyout. We're still going to owe him about 10.2. If we waited till January 1st, it'd be 7.4. But you really, it's going to cost you more money in the long run to hold on to that long and then start a coaching search. You've missed a signing period. Um, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. So yeah, costing yourself more money in the long run. Um, if you can, we just raised $125 million in a year and a half. Um, if you can get some of that money diverted, that's already earmarked for that project, um, you can easily cover it. I think there are some boosters that are also willing to open their pockets back up if uh, they'll get an um, athletic director in there that's that's willing to show he's uh, committed to spending money the right way, address the debt that we have instead of just keep spending and uh, actually get tech back in a financial situation where we're not handcuffed. So. Again, it's frustrating to see that he's still the coach. I want him to be fired um, two days ago, but uh, in reality, we just can't operate like that. Um, so 
I'm, I'm imagining Todd will probably be gone after the UCF game Saturday, Jeff shortly after. Um, but all these things have to be approved by the Board of Trustees, the president of the university, and then yeah. obviously we're up under the university system of Georgia, uh, which doesn't help because the Board of Trustees and everything, we're always under the thumb of the University of Georgia grads. I mean, if you look at the facts, look at the board, look at everything, look at who runs that. It boils down to like the three quarters our University of Georgia grads. So, I mean, it, I'm not saying that's our reason, but it's it doesn't help uh, when all everything like that has to go through it. So, uh, not the coaching hire, but the actual athletics uh, director part. So that's that's frustrating. And also, also I don't know who's going to want to step into this mess of the situation right now. So you really got to kind of you really got to kind of have your ducks in a row if you're going to go about it. So I don't necessarily blame them. I know we don't operate like that, but it is frustrating to continue to trot that bullshit product out there, knowing it's not going to get any better. Um, oh, one other little tidbit I found was interesting. We lead the country in block uh, punts, three already through three games. Um, there you go. So after the first two uh, against Clemson, Collins got in his presser, said it has been addressed. They practiced it. Um, little interesting fact, the woman that sits next to us the game, her husband is a lay coach trying to get experience. He helps with special teams and he comes home bitching to her because they don't practice special teams during the week. They don't even have meeting time dedicated for special teams. When Colin said it had been addressed, they watched it in, on film four times, walked through it at practice three times and said it had been addressed. Um, the same exact thing happened in the Ole Miss game. So obviously it's not been addressed. It hadn't even been practiced. Um, when a lay coach that's dedicating his time is frustrated that, and he can even see, dude, we're not even practicing special teams. Um, shit, it's pretty fucked up. So yeah, we're in a bad I mean, situation. We've got an absolute loser at the helm. And uh, we've got to separate ourselves fast. So, yeah, dude, that's it's tough to watch fans of a team just just kind of give up on them. That's where a lot of Gamecock fans, including me, were at at the end of the Muschamp era. It's like you wait so long for college football, and you're so excited, and then the product on the field is just the same week after week after week. And they have these pressers where are like, we're working on it. You know, we're going to continue to improve. And then they don't, it's just ridiculous. Well, um, it's, it's also frustrating to have a complete moron of an, of an athletic director to give him a seven-year contract to guarantee him all this money um, when he really didn't have the, the resume to, to warrant that. I know it was a, a rebuild he was stepping into, but to also his contract is structured, which is very unique his money buyout does not drop until after December 31st. So that's, that's just guaranteed money for him. He can fuck up and not get fired until, you know, the net, the following calendar year. So uh, essentially we saved no money by keeping him any longer than after Christmas of last year. We knew what we got from him. We're like, we're getting out. We've been outscored 144 to, I can't even remember against the last power four, uh, power five games we've played. Um, like, it's just, you knew what you're going to get and you just continue to hold on to him, hoping he's going to turn around. And there's just, there's just no way the dude is what he is. Uh, yeah. Spade's a spade. He sucks. Yeah. So I'm uh, not to harp on it too long, um, but I am officially uh, retiring for the year. 
Uh, it sucks, but it is what it is. You just got to hope for for the next guy to come in and actually be competent at his job, but or the next guys, I guess, since you got to get rid of the athletic director too. But um, I guess moving on to a good game, uh, or maybe a good game, I don't know. Uh, Clemson at Wake Forest, seven point spread, kind of surprising. I feel like Clemson's going to cover that, but we'll see. Uh, but Sam, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be competitive. Um, I think really going back through it, I've watched I've watched Wake Forest game against Vanderbilt um, and against Liberty last week to the Sam Hartman's been back for. Uh, and I think the two things that stand out to me is that last year. They had, I think, three or four guys starting on defense that were six years, um, two of their top three leading tacklers, and really the two guys that called all their signals, uh, Luke Masterson and um, what's his name, uh, Le'Veon Red. Um, those guys are gone. Um, they're not all that experienced on defense. Um, they've got a pair of good defensive linemen named Corey Johns, um, and I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he's um, uh, Rondell Boythroyd. He's a beast. Uh, but inside a defense tackle, they're undersized. Frankly, they're just not athletic defensively. Um, they got some transfers in the secondary, but a couple of true sophomores starting at corner. Um, I think this is a this is a different team than the one that they had last year. Obviously, on offense to Corey Roberson, uh, their leading receiver is gone. Uh, they still got A.T. Perry, who is a baller. Um, but again, I think this is a little bit different team. I think Hartman is still really good. Um, but there's just less pieces around him. Um, so with that being said, I think really the keys for Clemson, as I talked about in the recap, it's just we need a complete game offensively. We don't need a quarter where we can't move the ball and then the next quarter we explode. I think we just need consistent production, uh, keep the defense off the field. Um, and I think we've made progress and gotten in, into a rhythm at, at different points of each game, like I mentioned, but we just stall out. And you can't, you can't really have that. Um, but like I said, I think there are definitely points to be had against this uh, Wake defense uh, as it stands right now. Uh, Liberty and Vanderbilt both present a lot more athletic quarterbacks than we will, and that gave them a ton of trouble. Just guys running around, extending plays. I mean, Liberty's quarterback, frankly, just chunked the ball up and shit just happened. <laughs> um, but obviously, DJ's not that guy. So I think it's more about, you know, just continuing to put drives together, uh, stay ahead of the sticks, just play smart. If we don't beat ourselves, it's going to be hard to lose this game, I believe. Um, and again, really the most concerning thing for Wake Forest is they only ran for 150 on Vanderbilt, which is, you know, not bad. Um, but you probably want to have more in a game that you're up. I think at one point they were up 31 to 10, 31 to 14, something like that. Um, and really could never get the run game going. They only ran for 21 yards against Liberty. Their running backs had uh, 15 like carries for 13 yards. Um, and just based on their inability to run the ball against worse defenses, I have to assume if we get some guys back on the D-line, which I fully expect Brian Brissett, Tyler Davis, uh, Trey Williams to be back. I'm, I'm hopeful Xavier Thomas will get in uh, for the first time this season. So you start to bring back some horses defensively, and I don't think Wake Forest is really even going to try and run the ball. I think they're going to look at what Louisiana Tech did um, with more of an air raid, spread out, you know, put these young defensive backs um, in a bind. I don't know if we'll have Nate Wiggins or Sheridan Jones. Um, so that could just sort of compound it by having 
a couple of true freshmen out there with Fred Davis. Um, but again, I think it's about limiting big plays. Uh, again, Sam Hartman is still a good quarterback. A.T. Perry is still a hell of a player. Um, they have a pretty good tight end. Um, they, they, you know, their their offensive scheme, obviously I feel like Clemson has the recipe, um, you know, to attack that slow mesh by just hammering the A-gap, being bigger, bigger, more physical, at the offensive at the point of attack. Um, but I think, I, they, I, I mean, they're going to move the ball. They're going to hit some big plays. It's just about limiting it um, and trying to get them off the field. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I mean, like I said, I think DJ's played well. Every week there seems like there's been improvement in some area. Now, one thing I thought that he did extremely, extremely well against Furman, granted it's Furman, um, was being able to go through his progression. Now, part of that is just trusting that the offensive line's got you and that you've got time. Um, but there were a few plays against Louisiana Tech where it felt like he saw something pre-snap and just sort of locked in on a receiver. I can think of one play specifically where he he throws a 15-yard out against man coverage uh, to Bo Collins. And you're never going to be upset with a 15-yard completion on first down, but you have Antonio Williams in the slot running the post against the safety, and he absolutely torches him. I mean, this guy's going to run and hit his face mask on the bricks behind the end zone. Um, so it's, it's things like that where I feel like we just have to get back to going through your progressions because it's something that he was not good at last year, um, but something that we've seen a little bit of improvement with. Um, like I said, he's, he's running the ball better. I feel like he's operating his own read a little bit more efficiently. Um, his mechanics look a lot cleaner. It's, the delivery is still slow, and he's not perfect, um, but he is playing winning football right now. Um, and I think it's just about continuing that trajectory um, and getting the playmakers the ball. Um, he doesn't have to do it all by himself. Uh, I, you know, you got to like Shipley, Antonio Williams, Bo Collins. I mean, we've got some guys. Um, but the offensive line has played better, you know. We'll see. I, I, since we're, we're in the business of getting score projections with these things, I'm thinking this is probably somewhere in like a 38 to 21 type game. I, Wake Forest is going to score on us. I have a feeling they'll probably hit a big play or two to either score or, or, or give themselves an opportunity to score pretty easily. But like I said, I think their defense is one that we've – we're very familiar with Wake Forest. Um, you know, we know how to attack their offense, so I feel like we know how to attack their defense as well. Um, like I said, they're not overly athletic. Um, and I feel like this is a Jimmy's and Joe's game, as all games are, where we can out-athlete them at times, and if we can just keep the scheme in check, um, then, you know, again, I, I think as long as Clemson doesn't beat Clemson, we'll be, we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I actually have a couple questions, not necessarily pertaining okay. to this game. Um, one, I saw Dakari Collins left the team. Um, is that just because he kind of got passed up on the depth chart and wants to save his eligibility, or is um, he having other other you know off field issues? No, no, um, at least not that I'm aware of. That's nothing that's been reported to this point. But I do think. Obviously, last year we had such attrition at receiver um, that him and Will Sweeney were – I think they both started the last three games of the year. Uh, so, Dakari played a ton of snaps in November. Uh, I mean, he had six catches for 50-something yards in the bowl game. Like, you know, he was he was very physical blocking. I felt like he did a lot of the things that you want to see the receivers do. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, now that you have Adam Randall and Antonio Williams that have basically passed him, um, Joe and God is back. Um, so there's just a lot more competition for snaps. Um, and Davo even said, you know, they asked him about, 
you know, kind of the receiver room um, in camp. And he basically, I mean, he pretty much said that DeCorey Collins and Bo Collins shouldn't have played nearly as much as they did, but they had to. Right. Um, so I think it's one, just sort of the shock value of going from being a starter at the end of the year to being at the end of the line right now. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And I also think you just have to understand that we're continuing to recruit a certain demeanor at receiver. Um, and obviously you don't ever want to lose guys, but I also think if you don't want to be here, you know, you're not bought into what we're trying to do. I mean, not that we're better off without him because I think he's a good player, um, but it is what it is. But no, right. there hasn't been anything like off the field yeah. or I just kind of doghouse, nothing like that. Yeah, but I kind of just saw that it was it was more of that he just kind of got passed on the depth chart, and this is a way he can definitely save his eligibility. I must yeah. have missed. I must have missed that. Takari Collins. Yeah. yeah, it just happened today. Um, so I guess because he can't enter the portal, so he just leaves the team for now. Yeah, so basically what, what they're saying for him and Sergio Allen, who went in the portal only to get pulled back out of the portal last <laughs> week and they had that sort of mass issue. Um, basically what they're saying is is they're trying to notify the staff saying, hey, I'm intending to transfer. Don't play me in more than four games. And obviously if you're telling the staff I'm done after this year, they're not going to play you anymore. Um, right. But Corey Collins only played 12 snaps against Louisiana Tech. I mean, E.J. Williams only played 14. Like, Randall and Antonio Williams are going to be a, a big, big part of the offense as the season goes on. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and then I, I guess my next question is, obviously Clemson's offense is, is performing much better this year. Is that is that due to, you know, Brandon Streeter getting, getting in there and kind of changing things up or more just DJs feeling more comfortable, your freshman running backs, your last year who were freshmen, the running backs are now sophomores and a little bit more experienced. The same with the receivers. Um, or I guess it's probably a little bit of both. Well, I'll put it this way. I think the scheme that we're running for as much, you know, lip service as we got about updating it, trying to go back to the fundamentals of what we do well, get rid of all the excess stuff that, like you said with Satterfield, if, if there's a play we hadn't practiced or run in you know a year or two, we're not gonna we're not gonna go through it and install. So just trying to simplify things. For all the talk about that, I really think the product thus far, in terms of the scheme and like the route combinations and the plays we're running, it's no different. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously we haven't we haven't really been tested. Um, so I don't want to sit here and say that Brandon Streeter is a worse play caller than Tony Elliott or that sucks because we're not doing anything different. Obviously we've won a couple of national titles doing what we're doing. Uh, I would love to see a little bit more creativity in the run game, um, more, more use over the middle of the field, like you talked about, but ultimately you have to play your quarterback strengths. And I do think right now it's really difficult to argue that we're doing anything but that. I think uh, absolutely, DJ, yeah. he has his deficiencies. Sure. But he's like, again, he's been a lot better. Um, and I think we've played into the sort of schemes and concepts that he feels comfortable with. At least it appears that way. And obviously he's put in a ton of work over the offseason. Even since the spring game, looks like a different guy in the pocket. Um, but so to answer your question, no, I don't necessarily think it's Brandon Streeter. I think it's more so that we have we have healthy receivers. We've got a stable of running backs. Our offensive line is more cohesive. Um and I just feel like confidence is a lot higher. Last year, when you get when you when you play Georgia, 
they beat the shit out of you just physically and mentally. And then, you know, you sort of kind of sputter through those, those little warm up games. I, I just feel like we never, we never got off the ground. Yeah. Um, and then things just sort of snowballed from, for DJ and then for the whole offense with injuries. But I don't know. I feel like we've sort of eased into the schedule a little bit. Um, and it's given us a chance to play a bunch of different guys um, and really just go through and give everybody a little bit of confidence. But again, I think, I think you have to give all the credit in the world to DJ because he's made, yeah. I mean, just, just in the, in the game against Louisiana tech, there's three or four different throws that I could sit here and talk about ad nauseum that were, that physically most college quarterbacks simply can't make. And he makes it look really easy. And we just take the arm talent for granted because it hasn't been accompanied by a whole lot of precision. Um, but again, the the guys, I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's got yeah. the tools. It's he's just got all the talent in the world. And it's just putting all it the talent in the world. Um, hey, same way with Spencer Rattler. I feel like he has a bunch of talent. Just I, I absolutely agree. Somewhere you gotta find together. it and put it together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I think it comes down to just putting your quarterback in situations that he's comfortable with and giving him a chance to succeed. I uh, I had a question about this game that you kind of already mentioned, but. I don't know if you saw where Liberty basically came out and said that they called their slow uh, wake for slow developing, like read option, all that kind of, they call it cute and said, if you just put a bunch of pressure on them uh, up front, then it basically really messes them up. And that's what they did. And they, I mean, it, they Fact. Liberty played them well. So what I was wondering was a, is, I'm sure that's going to be y'all's plan. I think y'all did that a lot last year. Y'all just blew them up at the a gap. And obviously, y'all have the the cats to do that. But B, do you think that Wake Forest kind of schemes for that a little bit and try changes thing up, or you think they're going to try to do what they do well and just see how how it goes? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, at the end of the day, you are who you are. Um, yeah, it's not like you know from last week to this week they're going to be able to pull a bunch of tricks out of the bag. I do think against Clemson those really, really slow developing plays where Hartman is riding the running back and walking to the line of scrimmage with him, I think you have to eliminate that. I think you have to really account for the fact that we've got about 700 pounds of um, hell on wheels in the A-gap, and you have to you have to understand that they're going to push your guy back. I mean, at least I would expect that. But play action is something that, that's bread and butter for them. I think they're going to do what they do, but it, there's, there's going to be so many underneath passes, drag routes, um, trying to, especially because we've shown so much zone, I think when you can get a lot of routes to one side of the field, there's a particular play they ran against Vandy, I think four times I counted. Um, and it's just a little switch route where you have a wheel route out of the backfield, the receiver's running a curl, the tight end is dragging across the formation, and you basically run three guys into one zone and have them split. And whichever way the defender goes, and you throw it the other direction. Uh, so I think there are going to be a lot of routes like that where you basically – you force the defense to make a decision and read off of it. And Sam Hartman's good enough to make those throws in real time. Um, but the other thing is, is that he's he's made some throws this year that he didn't necessarily make last year, just putting the ball in trouble, trying to make a play. Um, so, again, I think if you can create pressure, it compounds that. Um, but, again, we know them well. They know us well. I'm sure they'll have a, some wrinkles and stuff that they try. Um, and I mean, they threw the ball all over us last year, and we're not nearly as good in the secondary. So we'll see. Like I said, I think they'll move the ball. I think they'll score, um, but I just don't think it'll be 
necessarily consistent or efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, given all that, um, I guess, well, actually I just saw Brissy's name on the sheet. Got to give a, uh, big prayers up to Brian and his family for the recent loss of his little sister. Um, yeah, to cancer. Shout out. that's tough. Shout out so that goes that. obviously, obviously way above football. So, um, prayers up for that, but also, with that, uh, to point out super cool of Louisiana tech. I don't know if you already mentioned that, but we did. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, Sonny Cumbie is a pretty yeah. cool dude. Pretty cool dude for that. For anybody yeah, I mean, that's that's potentially listening and don't know what we're talking about, every single player on Louisiana Tech's team sent handwritten letters uh, to the Brissie family after the loss. So uh, I guess with all that being said, we can move into picks. All right, week four picks, baby. Um, yep. I didn't even. I haven't even checked how I did last week. Oh, no. I'll run through it real quick. Um, obviously for, for all the uh, heartaches he's been going through already this season, he's currently pacing the group in points with 36. Oh, he's killing um, us. Yeah. I mean, if Sid hadn't rode with the squad last week, he would have really put some, uh, put some space between us. He's currently oh. got a four point, four point lead on the rest of the group. I'm in second, uh, Connor's in third, Jacob is in fourth and Davini is close behind. We're all still fairly close though. Um, it's early. I mean, anything can happen. Bad news but, for y'all. I'm uh, breaking my rule of riding with your squad. Fuck them boys. I'm not picking <laughs> them. <laughs> I ain't picking them no more. It's sad. I'm winning at something this year, bitch. Yep. Yeah, my hey. fantasy team's dog ass right now anyway, so I got to win at something. Well, how's your other one? Is your other um, one at least decent? I'm, I'm winning in the other two, so we're good. Okay. Undefeated. All right, let's roll, fans. So Sorry. It's not all bad. So here we go. First game up, we got Virginia and Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, 10 point favorite at home. Um, I just want to note this that Brendan Armstrong last year was a beast. And right now, he currently has one of the lowest QBRs uh, in the country. Um, Robert and I was the offensive coordinator at Virginia. He's now gone to Syracuse, and Syracuse is doing a lot of creative stuff offensively. They're scoring points. Um, just, just a hunch. Uh, I think Syracuse minus 10 here is a pretty good line. I'm taking. I'm taking the orange. Looks like we're all taking the orange. Um, yeah, so I guess sweep. we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go yeah, ahead and move dude. on. Yeah, Armstrong's having next one's clean having, sweep as well. Having a rattler esque season right now, and my boy Sean. Actually, I said last week I picked Syracuse, and I said watch out for the Sean Tucker being pleased with his performance tweet. He said he wasn't pleased with his performance in that game. Um, but maybe this week. I think, I think he's going to exercise a few demons on uh, Virginia. I think he'll be pleased with his performance. Purdue's Purdue's defense ain't bad. They like Purdue. No, and, and Purdue team. outgained them. Purdue by a is lot. Not the a fact bad they team. won that game was really impressive. Yeah, yeah. it's not a bad. But team. um, again, yeah, I think they're a lot better. I, I really like their offensive coordinator, Robert and I's something different. But anyway, we'll move on. Obviously, I've already talked about Clemson and Wake Forest. Um. Only a seven-point favorite here, which is a little bit surprising, but I understand sort of the caution there. We have a lot of guys out on defense. Obviously, you know, Sid, now that Tech is what they've been, you know, I don't even know how much you can really credit that game. So it's kind of the first test we've had. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking Clemson. Yeah, I mean, is it a clean sweep? Clemson. I mean, I think it's – Yeah, Connor, Connor hasn't put it in. Yeah. I have to assume – But he's not on the pod anyway, so – he can't say anything he, about it anyways. He's putting, the, my, my guy's putting in picks right now as we go way out of order, bro. <laughs> like, 
He's working on games he's, at the end of the list. He's he's doing them by his confidence level, and I respect that. Um, I so, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. So next game we got up Baylor and Iowa State. Uh, Baylor is ranked uh, <laughs> on the road. They're a two and a half point dog. Um, I don't know. Connor's got Baylor. I tend to agree with the resident Big Twelve expert. Um, I've got the Bears in this one. Yeah, I. Uh, this was tough for me. I see y'all both put pay, put Baylor. I kind of want to take Iowa State, um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Baylor. Yeah, I was about to say you can't get too risky with the lead. I have no idea. I don't know. Pick um, one. Iowa State. Okay, Davini was gonna pick Iowa State if you didn't. So I'm assuming Davini has Baylor now. Um, I as well. Uh, don't know. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to do the coin flip on my phone. <laughs> this is very Can we see it? No, which one's heads, it. which one's tails? To us right now. Um, Baylor's heads, Iowa State's tails. All right. Iowa State it is. All right, but then you caught me into it. I, you can't, you can't go wrong with a coin toss. Give me Iowa State. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, so we got Mizzou and Auburn. Um, Mizzou's really bad. Auburn's really bad. Auburn's a touchdown favorite at home. I'm gonna take Auburn in this one, um, and I think this that says more about Mizzou than it does Auburn. This is the poopy bowl. This is the this is the poo poo tiger bowl. <laughs> Give me Auburn just because Harson's probably coaching for a little bit of dignity there because you know he's on the same track that uh that that Jeff's on so. Yeah, but they'll Man. fire him as he walks off the field, Herm Edwards style. Man, dude, that God, was crazy. I, I hate how they did my boy Herm like that, dude. That's crazy. Are, are we really gonna have <laughs> <Alex Herm? laughs> a good coach? It's even crazier that he's your boy. No, no just, I'm just seriously. Saying. I don't blame them for firing him. It's just doing it in the end zone on the field after the game. It's nuts. Dude, I'm saying, like, I like him. Like, he's a respectful guy. I wish our president would have given me the chance to walk down on the field and fire Jeff. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, he deserves it, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, I just feel like they did him – they did homie wrong. I'd rather let him know just by – just tow his car. Change the parking <laughs> spot name. I have all this shit packed in the Change the locks spot. to the office. Don't even yeah. tell him. They'll get the memo. They'll figure it out. All right. So it looks like we all have Auburn, except for Jacob. You haven't made a de- uh, declaration Jake, on this dude, one. So. I, I, I don't I don't know. See, Auburn's at home. Um, but TJ Finley's out. Yeah, out. Bro, they've been running really two quarterbacks that, anyway. Robbie Ashford be has been probably the better quarterback. Okay, yeah, I'm, I just looked at TJ Finley's stats, and I'm just going to go Auburn. It's not it, – it can't be any worse. Right, I think we can all play quarterback and be Missouri, so. We'll see. Louisiana Tech couldn't do it. Um, again, another, another little Big 12 action. we got TCU, point and a half favorite on the road against SMU. I'm taking the ponies in this one. Probably not smart, but I just got a feeling. Yeah, so, you know, I was kind of looking at some head-to-head matchups here where obviously – you know, it's the fourth game of the season, so there probably are none. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, I really – TCU's what, only played two games this year? Yep. 
Um, SMU's played three. You know, does that make a shit? Probably not. You know what? I think they're going to bounce back from uh, last week losing to Maryland. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with SMU. Dude, Tanner Mordecai is snapping. He's going for Mordecai. He's, he's already got 1,000 yards and 10 tutties. Um, so, with that being said, I'm still riding with TCU. <laughs> That's my squad. Riding with uh, our adjacent squad. TCU's heads, um, SMU's tails. Tails. SMU news. SMU. All right. Well, uh, Jacob, you're not alone. Looks like Connor also has the Horny Frogs in this one. Yeah, see, that's, that's our Big 12 affiliate, so I trust him. Yeah, he's he's actually been pretty good on Big 12 picks, which I would hope. Um, moving on, Florida and Tennessee, uh, the Volunteers an 11-point favorite. Josh Heifel just got a little extension, uh, a little more. I think he got another zero on his contract. Um, Tennessee's too fast. Their offense is going to score too many points. Um, yeah, taking the balls. Yeah, I'm going with Tennessee as well. Uh, Anthony Richardson, not throwing a touchdown pass this year. Um, Hendon Hooker, since he took over as the starter for Tennessee, has thrown only two interceptions. So I think they'll put up some points. I think Florida will continue to look not so great on offense. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. I think you got to take Tennessee here, honestly. Uh, it's at Tennessee. Tennessee's the better team. Anthony Richardson is not good that uh, Utah – Game was a flash in the pan, so Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Nice. Clean no sweep. coin flip? Okay. No coin flip on that one. Felt confident. <laughs> I like it. Um, this is another interesting game. we got Texas minus six and a half on the road at Texas Tech. I believe Texas Tech is going to get their quarterback, um, uh, Tyler Show, back for this game. They looked um, – Pretty, I mean, for lack of a better word, they look terrible against NC State. Um, so, for that reason, I just can't pick them. I got to go with the Longhorns. Um, yeah, easy, easy pick for me. I'm taking the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, even though Quinn Ewers is obviously out with a broken whatever he broke, um, you got to take Texas here. They've Shown they're pretty solid this year so far. They almost beat Bama, which, you know, who knows if that's real or not. Um, but go Texas. Auburn almost beat Bama last year, too. That's what I'm saying. Bama usually has one, has one or two of those games. Davini looks like you have Texas, too. Anything to add? Yeah, no. Perfect. <laughs> um, now we got another one, another little poo-poo bowl. Notre Dame going to Chapel Hill. Uh, they got – North Carolina is a point-and-a-half favorite. I feel like that's way too low. Um, Drake May is probably going to throw 100 touchdowns on them. I got UNC big. Um, yeah, I think UNC is going to beat the show. Um, poor Marcus Freeman. He may not get much longer. Tough scene up there. Yeah, I got to go UNC. Drake May is just – Playing just inserted in same house spot, um, almost seamlessly, it feels like. Uh, and Notre Dame is just <laughs> struggling. Uh, wasn't it, isn't it there? Uh, that video of 
their offensive coordinator just screaming in the phone to their quarterback on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, telling yeah. Drew Pine to do his job. Yeah. Everybody, you're the whole team relies do on you. Do your effing job. job. <laughs> yeah. So that's tough. Um, Got so officially I'm, degraded. So yeah. I can keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough scene. Looks like we got UNC on a clean sweep. Connor throwing the Notre Dame curveball in there. Uh, interesting pick. Um, bold play, Cotton. We'll see how that works out for him. They, um, could, they could bounce back. Let's see. Arkansas and Texas A&M. A&M, the home team. The Weirdo Colts are a two-point favorite. Um, I picked Miami to beat them last week because I said I'm never going to pick Texas A&M to win because they're weird. Uh, they made me uncomfortable. Um, and I'm not picking them this week either. Um, mainly because I have a lot more confidence in Arkansas. So, yeah, woo pig, baby. Arkansas, I, uh, Sam, Sam Pittman's about to bring the looker. That's for sure. I think Arkansas is a good team. But I also think, like, at the end of the day, Texas A&M is probably a pretty decent team as well, has good athletes. We know the athletes are there. And I think their offense looked a little bit better under Max Johnson. So, um, I'm going to kind of keep picking them to win these kinds of games. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. What, how, I get it that Texas A&M is at home, but Arkansas is a top 10 team. Yeah, I don't know how they're Texas A&M doesn't have an offense. I don't care who's under center. Um, they're not good. It just, Arkansas is a good team, man. Uh, I got to go Arkansas here. Remember a couple weeks ago when we said we didn't think Arkansas was for real? Who said that? Uh, me and Jacob specifically. <laughs> But how do we know I they also, are going down, man? Dude, I also thought Texas A&M was going to be for real. I mean, are y'all are y'all overlooking the fact that Arkansas struggled through the majority of the game past this past weekend? I guess the Bobby Petrino man. touchdown. I don't care. So they, it wasn't, they, until, it wasn't probably, until five minutes in the game when they got a turnover. Yeah, that that, I around. did see that, but I've also seen Texas A&M play this year. So, so I'm going with Arkansas. All right, Sid, you're the lone A&M pick. Um, hope, it, hope it turns out poorly for you because I need those points. But, yeah, that's, that's what we got. Thanks. Don't put any money on our picks because we're not that good. Yeah, well, I don't, are not I'm not good. having a very One of good – four points. I'm not having a very good year. Wow, Davini's having a worse year so far. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I can have one, though. You know why? You want to know why? Well, last year doesn't count, bro. Uh, you already know. Don't worry about it. You already know why. Because he's going to mention some bullshit about Georgia winning the national championship. No, no that's because no, no, he won no, no. the picks last that's year. Two, two-time champ. You want some more bullshit? We don't you don't get about. extra for that. I'm not saying I get extra. I'm saying like I, I didn't know you were chill can, like that, bro. I can afford it oh, down here. You can afford oh, – I'm already oh, won oh, twice. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, My man Davini's over here. <laughs> well, I think my pinky's – All right, hang on. All right, that's that's our picks for the week. Um, thanks, anyone out there that's listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with, hopefully with you know four wins from our teams. Um, we'll see though. So peace.